our media. <laughs> you know, I love you guys in the media, even the guys pretending to be gals. I love you too. You guys in the media, you make my job so easy. Last night, I am scrolling through Twitter as I'm watching the Eagles defense put a proper finish to their complete meltdown of a season. When the game was out of reach, about five minutes into the first quarter because Jalen Hurts had shown that he wasn't capable of putting points on the board and the Eagles defense had shown that they were ready to pack it up and go home, I thought about turning it over to Fox News, maybe MSNBC, check out the coverage of the Iowa caucus. You know, I ended up deciding against it since, since we already knew the winner. They really didn't even need to have this election. They could have saved every one time by announcing the clear winner. Orange Man, bad! But as I'm scrolling through Twitter, I came across several clips of what the mainstream media describes as professional journalism. Now, aesthetically speaking, it looked real nice, perfectly polished. Multi-million dollar studios inhabited by multi-million dollar woke welfare collectors. They contracted the janitorial services department at the WNBA dump to make sure the studios were extra clean. One thing about those dump divers, they know how to process the garbage. Everything was on point until the inevitable happened. They started talking. The few dozen people watching CNN, they grabbed their Fauci masks to protect themselves from the toxic mouth farts. It all started early yesterday morning with Caitlin Collins. Katie Roo! Katie Roo! Roo was working the midnight shift at CNN. She was working with some older gentleman who represents the CNN specialty, another woke welfare collector with two first names. Well, Casey, was it Chris Wallace? No, Christopher, he is still trying to find someone to talk to. He has spent the last few days asking the same question that he's been asking for the last two or three years now. Who's talking to Chris Wallace? I know who's not talking to Chris Wallace, KC. Katie Rue, though, she was working with someone named John King. Judging by his skin tone, I'm going to assume that John has no relation to Martin. They were discussing the Iowa caucus, but they seemed to forget about one candidate. CNN showed a lovely picture of the Trumper in all of his orange glory. They showed a nice picture of Ronnie Mantis looking like he was poised to put the room to sleep with another painfully boring speech. I was speaking with someone earlier today about Ronnie. On paper... Ron DeSantis is the perfect candidate, but this dude's got less charisma than a rotten cabbage. CNN, they also provided a nice photo of the beautiful Nikki Haley. She's smiling, she's happy that she's got the full support of the mainstream media, but it was strange. CNN, they seem to forget about Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, I am willing to give the benefit of the doubt here to John King. I mean, he is a little bit older. Perhaps he suffers with amnesia. But Katie Rue Collins, Caitlin Collins, she claims to be a serious journalist. How could Katie Rue forget about Vivek Ramaswamy? Watch it for yourself. John, I think a big question is we are getting these new poll numbers in is where things do stand as we are on the eve of the Iowa caucuses. Uh, look, look, Caitlin, uh, this is my 10th presidential campaign, covered a lot of Iowa caucuses. Iowa sometimes surprises, but the poll numbers, as you've been talking about, they're pretty overwhelming. So let's just bring up the poll and show it over the last five months. Forgive me for turning my back. I just want to stretch this out. Uh, if you go back through the Iowa poll, a very reliable poll in the state, you go back five months ago, former President Trump was at 42 percent, up to 51. He's at 48 percent right now. Uh, Nikki Haley has gone from six 
up to 20. So she can say, yes, at least over the last five months, I'm going up. DeSantis, a flat line, maybe down a little bit, 19, down to 16% now. Uh, yes, uh, you know, Ted Cruz was behind and beat Donald Trump in 2016. Yes, Rick Santorum was behind and passed Mitt Romney at the end in 2012. But the lead was nothing like that. It was not 28 points. Now, in all fairness to Caitlin Collins, she was not the only one suffering through a temporary case of amnesia yesterday when it came to Vivek Ramaswamy. New York Times, Fox News, they both did the same thing. It's like the media colluded and came to the decision that this three-man race was going to be presented to the public as a two-man race. Well, Casey, what about Nikki Haley? Did I miss something? Was there an exciting gender announcement that I didn't know about? The media, they decided that this would be a two-man race with the inclusion of Nikki Haley. Now, some of you might be thinking, what's the big deal here? Vivek Ramaswamy didn't stand a chance anyway. Who cares that he was ignored by the media? You're right. Vivek did not stand a chance. And if something like this had happened to Chris Christie, I wouldn't think twice about it. But over the last few months... The mainstream media, they have been fighting hard against Vivek Ramaswamy. They have done everything in their power to convince us that Vivek Ramaswamy is dangerous. Anytime, hell, every time the media is against someone, I always ask myself the same question. Why? Did the same thing to Trump in 2016 and 2020. What do Trump and Vivek have in common? Neither one of them are part of the establishment. They are both political outsiders. But while I was preparing this video, Vivek Ramaswamy, he announced that he was dropping out of the presidential race. I'm assuming that he is now pursuing the actual job that he has been campaigning for, vice president. As soon as he dropped out of the race, he announced his support for Donald Trump. Now, CNN's coverage of Iowa, that was tame compared to what I'm about to show you. CNN was simply forgetful. Perhaps it was an oversight. The coverage provided by MSNBC, the script of this rhetoric came straight from Deacons at Woke United Methodist. We'll start with one of our favorites here on the channel. Graduated from Woke U with a bachelor's in shit fuckery and a graduate degree in mythical racism. The wicked weave of the woke, Joy Reid. Last night, Joy Reid provided election coverage that only Joy Reid can provide. Somehow, in a Republican primary that has not been plagued with mythical racism, Joy Reid found a way to inject race into the election. When I initially saw this, I thought maybe Joy Reid was going to speak about the unfair treatment of Donald Trump. If Trump were white instead of orange, he would not be receiving this type of treatment from the Justice Department. According to the Deacons, the Justice Department doesn't go after the white man. According to their twisted logic, cops only target minorities. But instead of providing honest coverage, Joy Reid decided to generalize the entire population of Iowa, at least the entire Christian population of Iowa. Watch for yourself. These are white Christians. That this is a state that is overrepresented over by white Christians that are going to participate in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I today, earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones, um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, and he said the following to me: Iowa is about 61 percent white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41 percent white Christian, and in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses. And he said the following. 
They see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country, and Trump has promised to give it yeah. back to them. When you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours, and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a, is a fraudulent American, is a less, a, less, a less real American. Let me ask you something. Let's reverse the roles here. Let's pretend for one second like Jesse Waters at Fox News said the same thing about the population of New Orleans. How would that commentary be received? There would be protest outside of Fox News. Jesse Waters would be accused of racism. But when Joy Reid says it about the people of Iowa, MSNBC, they call it political analysis. She also claimed that the Christian people of Iowa, who they prefer to call white Christian nationalists, they always come up with these classy labels, white Christian nationalists, they label Eddie as Betty, normal people, we're called patriots with a negative connotation. Joy Reid, she claims that the people of Iowa believe that God has given them this country, and they also believe that people who oppose them politically are fraudulent Americans. Um, doesn't that sound exactly like Woke United Methodist? Correct me if I'm wrong here. When is the last time you have seen a group of Christians violently protesting? When is the last time you've seen a group of Christians fighting to have their political enemies silenced or arrested? I don't remember the Christian church having John Biden removed from the ballot. Last I checked, that was the Democrats. I thought the best part of that segment with Joy Reid, though, was when producers at MSNBC interrupted her with breaking news and forced her to stop talking. A couple of hours later, though, the polished turd provided by MSNBC continued steaming. This time, it was Rachel Maddow's turn to spread the propaganda. Now, this segment aired after it was announced that Trump won the Iowa caucus. It was a confusing announcement because the mainstream media was announcing Trump as the winner and the polls in Iowa hadn't even closed yet. Now, to their credit, they were right, but I just never understood why you could announce the winner when only 4% of the votes had been counted. Obviously, though, with Trump having a record-setting win in Iowa, the symptoms of OMB, orange man bad, the symptoms of OMB, they were raging on set at MSNBC. Rachel Maddow recovered from her convulsions to deliver a startling message to her audience. Now, she was a part of a panel that included Little Red Riding Hood, Jen Psaki. Some doofus named Larry O'Donnell was there consuming the free oxygen. Joy Reid was still there, I'm assuming, to represent diversity. Chris Hayes and some other doofus that 99% of the country couldn't identify. But the stage, the stage belonged to Rachel Maddow, the only star remaining at MSNBC. Now, most people don't take Joy Reid seriously, but people do listen to Rachel Maddow. Whether you agree with her politically or not, there is no denying the fact that Rachel Maddow has something that Joy Reid has never had credibility. Rachel Maddow, she delivered a stark warning to normal people. Watch for yourself. If we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. 
-hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a yeah. much mm -hmm. bigger part mm -hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before, and I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. Fascism, extremism. Here we go again with the labels, again. And did I hear Rachel Maddow insinuate that the Republican Party has been radicalized? Really? Look, I am not a Republican. The way I see it, the GOP is the lesser of two evils. I consider myself to be an independent. I think most people are the same way. I have been critical of Ronald McDonald, the niece of Mittens Romney, and the face of nepotism who leads the GOP. But I don't consider Ronna McDaniel to be radicalized. I might not agree with how she's running the GOP, but those are just simple policy disagreements. Ronna McDaniel, Donald Trump, they have not radicalized the Republican Party. The only party that has been radicalized is the Democratic Party. I don't remember Trump opening the southern border wider than the bruised caboose at the Butt Bongo Festival. I don't remember Republicans complaining about the Biden administration supporting Israel. But Rachel Maddow, she said something that I thought was very interesting. She mentioned that once the party is radicalized, the leaders are interchangeable. This is why I believe the media was so afraid of Vivek Ramaswamy. I believe this is also why they are supporting Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is one of them, while Vivek Ramaswamy is one of the others. <laughs> you know, the NFL might have been boring last night, but at least I didn't spend my evening being exposed to the garbage. There is no such thing as impartiality in the media. There is no such thing as unbiased coverage. You want to know why the country is so politically divided? Look at the mainstream media. The media is politically divided. Even though their influence has diminished some, the mainstream media is still very, very powerful. But give me your thoughts on this. Media coverage of the Iowa caucus was the expected polished turd. Vivek Ramaswamy completely ignored. Joy Reid injects mythical racism into the conversation. Rachel Maddow issues a warning of mythical fascism and radicalism, maybe? While also saying with a straight face that the Republican Party has been the one that's been radicalized. <laughs> I don't even know what to ask you here. Just give me your thoughts. Sound off in the comments below. Like, subscribe, share the video. I appreciate your support. Best way to contact me is by email at btlkc84 at gmail.com. KC underscore BTL84 on Twitter. I'll see you guys later.